Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You're listening to DraftKings Network. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead. Rest in peace. Dallas got that fancy-ass Detroit premium Wi-Fi going. Just like these premium sunglasses from Knockaround. This episode is sponsored by Knockaround Sunglasses. Quality, polarized, affordable shades, including new MLB and U.S. women's soccer team pairs. Check them out at knockaround.com. I don't know if they sent me a pair of Oakland A's glasses, but I'll, I'll, I'll check. Hey, uh, well, I do know that I, I do know that they sent me a pair, and okay. I haven't been able. <clears throat> I Joe, haven't you been wearing able to get right now? To put a- Is that them, Joe? Yeah, <laughs> Joe got the knockarounds on. <laughs> Joe got. The- <laughs> Joe does look like he's getting ready for Top Gun flight school with those particular <laughs> yeah. pair on. Yeah, but that doesn't take away from how fucking cool I think he looks right now in the moment. Are those brave shades there, Joe? mm Hmm. Let's see him. I'll see him up close. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, the Braves. You see him? Yep, I see him. No, stick Those your face in the camera. <laughs> well, Braves, yeah, man. like that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> see? <laughs> Those look pretty good, Joe. Um, there's a bunch of different places that we could start here today because uh, some major news has happened since our last recording. Thank God that our off day on the record schedule was a holiday anyway, because I didn't want to do a podcast on the 4th of July. Um, but a lot of things happened in the world of baseball since we've last gathered. And let's, let's start with the most minimal. The most minimal thing to happen would be the Shohei Otani exit with an injury that Bob Nightingale tweeted and made it seem like he was like if you weren't watching the game, you would think like his season's over. He's done. 
Uh, it was a fingernail. Yes. <laughs> that detail, very much important to the context of the story, I feel like. Dude, I was calling the game. I was calling our game. <clears throat> and, I, <clears throat> and I see this pop around. And I was like, well, hold, hold on. What? No, no fucking way. No way. Stop it. And then you just, and then you're like, you're doing all that math, right? The Rendon, the fucking Trouty, this. I'm like, no, stop it. Because the first thing that came to my mind was, are we cutting that paycheck in half at free agency? What's happening here? And it was all because of the context. Like there, there wasn't much given there to go on. So it does. It, it felt, it felt very like end of days ish. Like, no, stop it. Stop it. But glad it's just a blister. Glad just it's blister. just a blister. Well, I mean, blisters can be a pain in the balls. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that blisters are no small thing. I thought it's oh, is it a dude. blister or a fingernail. Jay, hey, you, you seem like you're smarter than everybody here. My understanding was is that it is a blister on the same finger that he had the cracked fingernail from the previous start. So I don't know enough to know whether that's related or not, but it seems to be the same finger and different injury. Mm. I happen to know enough whether that's related or not. It's a good thing you have a pitcher on this podcast. Yeah, go ahead. Um, There was uh, there's a fellow on the Oakland Athletics also dealing with a similar issue was dealing, not currently dealing with, but was dealing with a similar issue um, where the blister and the cracked fingernail they do because you're trying to treat both at the same time. And I'm, I'm not saying that one leads to the other, but I, I think there's, I think there's some, um, there's some theorizing that is leaning towards these both impacting each other because it's all pressure related. Right. Mm. And if you can't, if you can't, again, if you can't feel the baseball or you're making a, a minute adjustment, the ball flight is thrown completely off. So you can't spin the baseball the way you'd like to. You can't apply pressure to spin the baseball the way you like to. Your release point is compromised. Maybe you start to try to stay inside the ball a little so you don't really rip the seam down. And now your ball flattens out. You get fucking hammered. It's just a it's a bad scene all the way around, all the way around. I mean, I had part of my fucking middle finger shaved off the fucking tip of it shaved off on the side because the blister in the fingernail situation was so fucking bad like what describe that how the like is that like a self-surgery <laughs> did you go to a doctor for this no the the doctor did i mean it, well let me let me let me rewind it's not like i had part of my fucking finger severed that's <laughs> yeah. not what happened <clears throat> but my blister and my fingernail in the corner were so bad that instead of continuing to pop it and drain it, and instead of continuing to try to shave the blister down and then trim the nail basically out from the blister, it's like having a permanent hangnail is what it feels like. Yeah. So instead, they just fucking shot me up with a Lenovo, kind of fucking fillet that thing all the way down to the point where the nail was exposed. Now they can trim that nail up and get it out of there. and as it's grown back, it just never like fully, it never fully grew back, which was nice because I didn't have to, didn't have to deal with that shit anymore. But now there's like, if you look at my finger, there's just a slight, like it, uh, it doesn't, it's not fully round. It just kind of, and then rounds. That reminds me of, uh, in 2016 when Trevor Bauer sliced his finger open on a drone 
and then he tried to oh. pitch with it and he was bleeding all over his pants and then he, <laughs> yeah, he's like what what's the problem he went into the clubhouse and was going to self cauterize the wound with a blowtorch he was going to cauterize himself so that he could go pitch and the then indian said that's probably not a good idea <laughs> and stopped him from well, doing it but i don't know if that was the worst idea it's probably not the worst idea, you know, but I, I, you should probably have a professional standing by if you're going to cauterize yourself. But I mean, really, for what? Because you're going to do the <laughs> same thing. Like you're going to. I don't know. Safety. You, I mean, whoa, whoa. safety seems like a good reason to ha- check that box. I mean, this person's going to hold the fucking blowtorch to my finger just like I would. So well, I why guess, you but they, and not me. They know how long to hold it for. I don't know. Like I don't, I, Dallas. Well, here, newsflash, when it starts to fucking hurt, I'll pull it away and then mm-hmm. we'll fucking be good, right? I mean, it's probably going to hurt immediately. I, you're setting your flesh on fire. It, well, not really, though, because you're just trying to, you know, maybe bring it to a little boil and then so it seals bring up. Bring it to a little boil. It sounds like you've done that before. Have you done that? Uh, I've tried to do it with a knife. Yes. <laughs> okay. I cut my knee open and uh, we were camping. And so I heated up a fucking field knife and laid the like i folded my knee together and laid the fucking blade on it and really all that happened was i screamed because it hurt a lot and then it didn't it didn't work at all <laughs> i did that the other night we were uh we had a, dallas texted me and i don't i don't even remember what you asked me i was just I, all i remember was like seeing words knowing that the conversation was like about something important and i was just like i'm drunk <laughs> i was like i don't know i was like i'm gonna opt out of this conversation right now but I do know that someone tried to put out a cigarette on my hand that night. Uh, and I did like a, a little yelp. I was like, ah! <laughs> <What>? <laughs> oh, my God, the dude, that is I, I didn't have. Oh, my God. That reminds me. We're playing in the NYCBL, the New York Collegiate League. And I got a fucking Samoan first baseman on my team. By the name of Dick Daly. That sounds That's like right. a that sounds like a, like a sexual <laughs> act. I got a Samoan first baseman last night. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Daly, old Dick Daly, and uh, one of you our get we had Dick another Daly um, by a Samoan first baseman. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had another. We had another outfield. I think he's an outfielder. Um, his name was I think his first name was Brian. I don't remember his last name, but we were. I mean, this was at the height of. Get fucked up and let's see what kind of dumb shit we can do. And we got absolutely wasted. And I'm sitting at the bar, got my arm on the bar. And Dick Daly had fucking lit a lighter and got it hot as fuck. Just hot as fuck the top of it. And then proceeded to pin my arm down on the bar and fucking stick that lighter right on my forearm, my right arm. Just Why? fucking sizzled my forearm. I don't know if you got. Oh, you can't really see it. It was bad lighting. Oh. Right there, you can see it. Just absolutely torched my fucking arm. So then I did it to him, <laughs> and then we did it to the other guy. And so there's three of us walking around with a massive, ugly burn scar on our forearm because of that fucking lighter. Shout out to Chingy's on the south side. Detroit Premium Wi Fi. Just the fucking <clears throat> absolute diviest dive ever. Slanging yinglings. I don't think I paid for a single beer all summer. All right. So the Shohei Otani injury 
uh, I don't. I mean, Dallas, in your opinion, how long is that going to take? Like, when is he going to be back? That's what's so fucked up about this type of stuff, dude, is because um, you just don't know how long the finger, how long that skin or the nail, a combination of the two is going to take to regenerate to the point where you because the idea is you want to build up callus, right? Like all pitchers hands, you go across the league like they are like that pitching hand can be like a carpenter's hand, just fucking rough, calloused up like and it's because you're ripping seams all day long, man. It's what you do for a living. And if you have weakened that spot to the point where it's now blistering and the flesh is compromised, it's really just about how long it takes for that flesh to regenerate to a point where it's stable enough that it can actually start to, um, I don't want to say calcify because that's wrong, but it can start to solidify and start to get back to a point where you can build a callus on it, you know, which is why there's been so many different methods of trying to harden the skin and, and kind of quicken that process with you know, acidic substances, um, you know, like straight up, I used piss and pickle juice. <laughs> Tried and true. Tried and true. Piss You're and pickle that. juice. Um, but, the, but the fingernail, like, again, however big of a role that's playing into this, I don't think any of us really know. You know, only they know. So I always think about like a pitcher's, you know, like an out pitch and how reliant are they on a certain pitch. So like, Slider, split. So, no Shohei Otani at the All Star game. Uh, what would if if it's not? I mean, the clear answer is Shohei Otani. If not Shohei Otani, I'm tuning into the All Star game because blank. Uh, right to have the mic'd up players and you know see the freaking game's best stars, but I'd say the mic'd up players and that stuff. I mean, I, I would say like 80% of my interest, maybe higher, was wrapped up in Otani. But also, <laughs> yeah. but also, like, when is the All-Star game ever about, like, one player other than 21 and Otani starting and hitting? Yeah, I don't, 99. Okay, but yeah, the, I wasn't the Mar- really around The Mariano moment was cool. Yeah, but City Field. going into that, were you saying no, that's fair. this is going to be the Pedro? Todd Frazier in Cincinnati. You don't remember that one? Not really, man. But uh, like these are things that happened during the game. And then after it happened, you said that was a sick all-star game. But I don't think mm-hmm. one individual player ever is like, I'm not going to watch because Shohei's not in. I mean, that, you could say that in 2021 and even now. 2001, but- Cal Ripken Jr., I think it I I think it's okay that the all-star game just kind of is what it is. And I think like the fact that Otani won't be there is devastating for my interest personally. And like on a lesser level, the fact that there's no trout again, what is this? His third straight all-star game missed due to injury. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to see Kershaw who I thought would have been cool. Um, just given his, for what we talked about, just his ongoing brilliance, but like it, it is the second best event of the weekend. And that's, that's okay. Because as we talked about last time, the home run derby is the best, all-star related event that any sport has uh, going for it right now. And if the all-star game is kind of just a, you know, a second place spectacle, I, I think that's all right. Yeah. I mean, it, let's face it. Is he not <clears> going to go? Home run, like, huh? Is Shohei not going to the all-star game at all? Or is he just not pitching? Why would he go? To hit. No, I think he will go. I think he will go. 
I would be surprised if yeah, I would be surprised if he's not there for for media type stuff. Are they going to bring him out on a cart like fucking Ted Williams? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do as far as him hitting goes or participating in the All Star game. I would be more than a little surprised if he wasn't a presence in Seattle during All Star weekend, as he should be. But I also I can see it from his side where it's like I I need a fucking break, man. I can absolutely understand it from his side. I just I'm guessing that there will be enough pressure put on him from the league office because of his standing within the game and how empty. I mean, listen, all those other players are great. How many other other players are on the rosters? Mm -hmm. That would be an empty feeling all star lead up if Shohei Otani wasn't participating in the proceedings, I think. I mean, what are they going to do? Give him his own fucking ceremony before the game? No, I just mean like, you know, they did the red carpet stuff in Colorado, right? Where, you know, these guys were walking down and they like they made it more of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like we, we want to promote the stars. We've got photo booths like you've got like there was a real effort to make this more of a glitz and glam type of concept um, than it had been in previous years. And I just think. I, I just feel like if Otani is absent from that, you're going to get a lot of questions or just kind of pontificating about, well, why isn't the the game's biggest star, the only chance at global superstardom that the sport currently has participating in its midsummer classic prestige event. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I'm definitely bummed about it, but at the end of the day, if he wasn't doing the home run derby, I think like, like we just said, the home run derby is what people tune in for. It has the ability to build stars, which is great. Uh, not in the way that the postseason is able to, but I think the home run derby is something where the sports world kind of stands still and it's like you you've got center stage. Baseball has center stage for for All Star Week, and the home run derby has been a great tool at propping up. I don't know, like Pete Alonso has made a name for himself because of the home run derby. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. did a, a, a fine job outside of the home run derby, but part of what made Ken Griffey Jr. cool was the backwards hat and winning three home run derbies. Like that was pretty cool. Josh Hamilton, like the Yankee Stadium home run derby, like that was outstanding. Um, <clears throat> so we'll see. Uh, well, and it's and not I, only it's it's not always just about making a star too. Like sometimes it's going up like lower levels too. Like Bobby Abreu's performance. I bet there are a significant number of people who know Bobby Abreu almost exclusively from that home run derby performance, as opposed to his like sixteen year awesome MLB career. You know yeah. what I mean? That was the year that they did the countries, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jason Bay, like represented Canada, hit like zero yeah. home runs. <laughs> uh, All right. That's enough of that one. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. Uh, 2019, like Vladdy going out there and hitting a million home runs. Like pretty much if you if you have the standout performance, you lose. Like that's kind of uh, uh, a rite of passage to create new stars with the home run derby. It's like you you have to lose, though. Like that's that's a trade off. We make you a bit a household name, but you got to fucking lose. Uh, but the home run derby is great. The All Star Game, that is, to to Joey's point about the players being mic'd up. This is year two of them doing that, and last year was awesome. Like that's all anyone talked about, and I'm so glad I I was there in L.A. I went to the Derby. I did not go to the All Star Game, and it wasn't because I was like. Man, I got to stay home and watch this on TV. It was because I fucking hate Dodger Stadium. And when you get dropped off, you got to walk a mile uphill just to get into the, the ballpark. 
So I was like, I'm not doing that two days in a row. I'll just watch the All-Star game at the hotel. And it ended up being like, I'm going to do that again this year. I'm going to go to the Home Run Derby and I'm not going to go to the All-Star game. I'll be there in Seattle. I ain't going. Like I'll, I'll go to the pregame to like see what's up uh, before the game on the field and all that. But the entire conversation surrounding the All-Star game is going to be about the players mic'd up and, and the cool stuff that goes on between the, the players and the broadcast and everything in between. That's going to be the conversation. And I don't want to miss that. Like it, it, it's, almost, it's almost like a, a deterrent to actually go to the game. I, I want to watch it on TV. I don't blame you. I've been in your situation, not playing your role, but in terms of being at the event, and I have treated it in much similar fashion. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the der- go nuts at the derby and then slowly make your way home and then maybe you don't come back the next day. Yeah, I think I saw, uh, <clears throat> what was it? Prince Fielder was getting interviewed and he was asked like what his uh, favorite like individual career moment was. And he said winning the All-Star Game MVP. And I think if you go back, you could... 1000 percent like if you're asking most like hardcore baseball fans what can you name more of home run derby winners or all-star game mvps you're probably going to be able to name far more home run derby winners than all-star game mvps for sure i mean it's not like the all-star game mvp is ever a performance where he hit like three home runs right or like something that is truly out of this world in the context of normal baseball. It's usually yeah. a guy who hits the home run, right? Yeah. Or the multi home, uh, multi-run home run, uh, which I believe was the case with Prince. That was in Arizona, right? Um, I can't remember. Yeah, I, so... I remember J.D. Yeah, Drew I, won in 08 because it was at Yankee Stadium. That's how they shut down the old Yankee Stadium was J.D. Drew with the Red Sox winning an all-star game MVP. I also think, like... You know, the the theoretical appeal of the All-Star game or, or what it used to be back in the day, and I'm not necessarily advocating for a return to this, but like you would see matchups that you might not necessarily get to see during the regular season and interleague play, which now goes back uh, as long as many of our listeners have been alive, I'm sure. But like and now the even uh, further shift towards uh, towards uh, evenly distributed schedules like there, some of that magic is a little bit lost, too. So that's. That was part of the original intention of the game, and it no longer exists. So I don't think it's totally crazy that it's not, you know, always very tense or or drama filled, uh, you know, over the last couple of years. You know that picture? Uh, it's from the All Star Game. I can't remember what year, but apparently it was more than three years ago because we haven't had Clay, uh, we haven't had Mike Trout in the All Star Game in three years. But it's Mike Trout at the plate. It's Kershaw on the mound. And it's posy behind the plate. Uh, is there like a modern day like trio that could be comparable to that at some point? What? That could happen in an all star game. That's interesting. I mean, I think I think the piece that that we might not have or is that's not known yet yes. is the pitcher. Oh, the pitcher. Oh, I was going to say the pitcher because I feel like I feel like Adley Rushman is. The heir apparent there. That's yeah. Um, that's the name that I had in mind for catcher, but I was like, is he is he there yet? I mean, he's obviously not at Buster Posey status, but if there were to be a catcher that would get there, it's Adley Rushman for sure. I, he doesn't have the stats, certainly not the stats of Buster's MVP season, but like you can see the outline, right? Like 
the Orioles got good when Adley got there. He's the catcher. He's by all accounts the leader or one of the leaders of the team. Yeah, um, it would have he's to be not like necessarily a super pitcher, right? So yeah. it's gonna be, it's gonna be Acuna at the plate. Yeah, I was gonna say Acuna. Yep, Adley Rushman catching, but who's on the mound for the American League? Garrett Cole. Yeah, I Garrett Cole. Dick. Yeah, you don't like. I, Garrett I don't Cole feel like people care about <laughs> Garrett Cole in that way, and I think that's the problem. Is I don't. We talked about this when we talked about the Hall of Fame and the next generation of pitchers and the 300 wins and stuff like that. It's it's not totally clear who the next great crop of, or if we are even going to have a crop of starting pitchers like we've gotten to enjoy over the last 15, 20 years, uh, and that we also got to enjoy during the 90s, right? Like We have been exceedingly spoiled by getting to witness, what, five or six of the 15 or 20 greatest pitchers in baseball history during mm-hmm. the lifetime of the three of us. Yeah. Um, like that, that's not normal. Like you go back to the the seventies and the eighty or the eighties in particular. Like there are not five or six all time great pitchers that came out of the nineteen eighties. You know what I mean? No. Um, and so, like, I, we may just be entering a period with the usage stuff that we talked about, where maybe it's guys who pop up for four or five year stretches, but who's going to be that guy over fifteen, twenty years? I, I have absolutely no idea. I'll just vote Yuri Perez, even though he's not on the AL. Yuri Perez. <laughs> Joe, who would your pick be? Are you going with Garrett Cole? It has to be an American League pitcher. Yep. If Adley Rushman is the catcher, yeah. So Adley Rushman's catching. Ronnie's at the plate. Ronnie's at the plate. An American League pitcher. Yep. I mean, right now? Yeah. Garrett Cole. Who are we going to say? Shane McClanahan? I, mean, I, I think mean, he doesn't have the pop. I think he's the only know? name that... No, but I would. I, I don't even think Garrett Cole has the pop. Yeah. Like I don't think people care about Garrett Cole in any way that they cared about Clayton Kershaw. No. And never uh, have. I would... I would uh, no. You will look at my videos about Garrett Cole, him and the thumb nugget, a lot of views. I don't know. I think people care about Garrett Cole. And I think that's more about if you're the comparing him to uh, Clayton Kershaw. Like that's a tough comparison. Like maybe not yeah. as much as Kershaw, not as great as like a prolonged success. Clayton Kershaw has likability outside of L.A., which is hard. And you can't even say, oh, it's because Garrett Cole's a Yankee. A lot of people hate the Dodgers. And people like hate the, the Dodgers. But people hate the Astros and the Yankees. And that's just people hate the. I mean, but I don't think at this point, even though it was the previous team, I don't think anyone associates Garrett Cole with the Astros. He wasn't even on the 17 team. Yeah, but still. Astros, Yankees. No one associates Garrett Cole with the Astros. They associate him with the Yankees 100%. 100%? Not not any... You would think of Garrett Cole, not 1% Maybe Astros. Oh, yeah. Remember when he was on the Astros? No, fucking because he wasn't bags. there in 17. But like how many people are LSU really picture. making that distinction? Like, okay, he wasn't in 17 and 19 or even Skeens. remember or really care. People Skeens. just hate the Astros. People hate the Astros. But I think the only people that associate Garrett Cole with the Astros are Astros fans. Like, he, was, he was ours first. And he wasn't. <laughs> he, he simply was not. No one associates him with the Pirates. I think the only time that the context of the Pittsburgh Pirates comes up with Garrett Cole is when people say like, "Oh, this is this is the worst that Garrett Cole has been since he was with the Pirates," 
like before he started using sticky stuff. That's this is the last time he was that bad. It was his pirates days. But anyways, I'm not I'm not against the pick. I mean, I think that's probably the correct pick. Garrett Cole in the mound, Adley Rushman catching, and Ronald Acuna Jr. at the plate. Well, it has to be a unique combination of guys who like mesh together. I'm thinking like Strider. Strider is not a Kershaw pitching trajectory. Okay, but I'm thinking like in the future when Strider's a Hall of Fame pitcher, 5,000 strikeouts breaks every record ever. And say, hey, look at this picture when he was like in his second year in the All-Star game. (laughs) And look, look at Sean Murphy back there. Mm -hmm. Wow, remember all those World Series he won with the Braves? Uh, This was his first year on the Braves. They were crazy that year. And look who's at the plate. Damn, Shohei Otani. Remember all those yeah. World Series he won with the Braves too? <laughs> yeah. Three future Braves, two current Braves, and a future Braves all mm-hmm. won the World Series. Let's make that happen, MLB. Let's get that. Is is Otani going to be able to hit? Probably not, right? I, feel like why? Not I don't see why he wouldn't be able to hit with a blister. And the Elster game is in a week. I've I've always assumed that when he gets these type of pitching injuries, that it's going to sideline him as an offensive player for longer than it ever does. So at this point, I'm I'm out of the business of saying that, like, because it honestly feels like it's the next like he leaves starts and then it's the next fucking day he's back in the lineup. Yeah, I feel like he'll I, I don't know. I think he's going to be there. So maybe he'll participate offensively. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I guess we'll see. He is. uh He's built different, as they I think. Say. I, I, I don't know if we wanted to go there now. I don't want to steer the pod, but like, does this mean they're going to trade him? Like, is that on the table now? Well, we're going to talk about that because that's a whole another conversation point. But all right, let's talk about this first. Baseball fans, you can be winning every inning with the hottest offers in the game. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered from top of the first to the bottom of the ninth. All season long, right now, new customers can bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can take a shot at bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place your parlay by combining three or more bets from the same game. Every additional leg gets you an extra boost up to 100%. Step up to the plate right now with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app, sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets. Instantly only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in Kansas. Call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Opt-in and 10 plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Uh, I want to call Max because... Uh, let's be honest. <laughs> they have to. They they have to trade him. They've got to trade Shohei, and they've got to trade him tomorrow.
He has to know that this is coming. All right, hold on, hold on. I'm going to break. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Yeah. I'm holding. No, no, I'm not talking to you. Talking okay, to you. all right. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what, you, what could you possibly want to talk about? <laughs> Caleb Ort. What are we doing? We're doing some Caleb Ort. Yeah, we got. I've got Caleb Ort stats. Do you want to hear him? Let's do it, baby. All right, Caleb Ort. Uh, this was sent to me before the podcast. Uh, so since. This is since Matt Strom tweeted me that no Major League Baseball player sucks at baseball. End of story. Direct quote. End of story. Uh, this is from Codify. They tweeted it? Uh, no. This, this is an inside source that uh, does some, okay. some statistical research for me. Uh, Matt Strom tweeted me on May 22nd, 2023. No Major League Baseball player sucks at baseball. End of story. I have to sneeze. Thank you. Thank you. Um, since the tweet. Caleb Ort, nine appearances, 10 and two thirds innings, six earned runs, 11 hits, three walks, three home runs, a 506 ERA, a 555 FIP, and an 830 opponents OPS. Matt Strom. Matt Strom has made 13 appearances, uh, 19 and a third innings, 12 earned runs, 19 hits, three walks, six home runs, a 559 ERA, a 593 FIP, and an 889 OPS. Not good. That's not good at all. But, but he's good because he's in the major league. Yes. Okay. Yes, that is how that works. Yeah. Um, so I, I the, here's the timeline, Max. The Angels announced Mike Trout fractured his hamate bone in his left hand. That was at 11.45 a.m. At 4.40... What? No. What? I didn't hear that. At 4.40 p.m., Anthony Rendon fouls the ball off his leg and leaves the game. And then at 5.30 p.m., Shohei Otani exits the mound with a trainer. They've got to blow it up, right? Uh, so, I was holding on to this. Like, you guys better be nice to the Angels. Or else you can't go to the playoff game theory. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think I got a lot of leverage anymore. Uh, no, in terms of invites, in terms of like standing room seats or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I, I would just want to ask. Like, I don't know if you guys are religious or whatever, but like, I believe there's like baseball gods. Mm-hmm. There's baseball gods, right? Yep. Like we've all said it. Baseball gods. Why baseball gods? Yep. Uh, the Angels get this insane stretch of injuries. Just their top three dogs within the span of like 60 minutes. Mm -hmm. But like Domingo Herman could throw a perfect game. Right. That is pretty fucked up if you think about it, right? What is going on? Why do we even watch? Why do we watch? That's a great point. Also, uh, Jay Hay was straight up disrespecting our boy, Anthony Rendon on the timeline. Bro, I saw that. Yeah, you called him Nugget Boy. <laughs> oh, come on, bro! It's just boneless chicken wing. Come on. <laughs> what are you I doing mean, right now? I, I don't think either of you are inclined to embarrass yourselves by saying that Anthony Rendon is good at baseball on this podcast. Are you? He is a key. Oh, hey, would you or Minor would you not? Back, major comeback. Would you acknowledge Jay Hay? Wouldn't you yeah. agree <laughs> that if Anthony Rendon was a free agent after this season? That mm-hmm. on the bottom line ticker on MLB Network, it would say key free agents for the Angels, yes. Anthony yeah. Rendon. Yes, that is, that is absolutely more a reflection of how much the Angels roster sucks than it is that Anthony <laughs> Rendon is good. All right. Okay. 
I mean, we're, we, we are three seasons removed from the last time Anthony Rendon could credibly be called good. So, and he's I called 33 him good this year. Yeah, so yeah, not credibly, though. Year. It was in, that was no, incredible. That was the COVID year. So <laughs> yeah. it's only two years away. No, no, no. You're doing the math wrong. The COVID year uh-huh. was 2020. He's been three. F- oh, two years. You're saying two years. I see. Okay. Still wrong, though, I guess. Uh, Bro, yeah. eat a chicken wing with a bone in one time, please. Listen. Listen, I know lashing out because it's a tough stretch and I'm not trying to minimize it, but losing Anthony Rendon just doesn't fucking matter that much. Mm. Okay. I just want to say if we do somehow turn this ship around, this Titanic boat around, I'm not invited. not invited to the playoffs. (laughs) No, no chance. That's not. No shot. No shot. Somebody's got to have some fucking integrity on Anthony Rendon on this podcast. So I'll be that guy. Anthony Rendon disrespect on the timeline. Can we at least. Anthony Rendon doesn't even think Anthony Rendon's good. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, can we? Anthony just, Rendon so then there was a report saying like he's a very like his social media still says like Matt third baseman <laughs> or something, which is like insane. But there was a report saying that uh, his family members and friends would show him tweets and like show him stuff that was said about him. Like, what are the odds you think one of them showed them that I put like money for him to win the MVP last year? Probably pretty high. I mean, uh, his. They're like, hey, family- this guy believes in shit. I think his family listens to Baseball is Dead. For real? Yeah. I hope so. So, okay, now I'm going to ask you guys this. If Anthony Rendon was going to be a free agent mm-hmm. at the end of the year, this year, yeah, how many like Yankee fans would say that's the fix for them? Oh, 100%. And then, he gets, <laughs> and then he gets out Rendon in. And then they start stroking him. Like, yeah. They would be like... And the East Coast media is like, oh, the Angels misuse Rendon. By making him hit balls and dish in. Are we just are we just inventing people to get angry at now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's welcome to Angels fandom, brother. Yeah. Uh yeah, it, it was a rough stretch and I don't like so the big thing on Angels Twitter is like Angels blew a lead uh eight to two against the Royals, I don't know, like two weeks ago or something when they were in Kansas City. And ever since then, everything that like can go wrong has gone wrong. And it's just been like blow after blow after blow and you sprinkle in the fact that like the Yankees lose Aaron Judge and they're so oh, we're so bad we're the worst team in baseball without Aaron Judge they're fucking like 9 and 12 without him mm-hmm. so like now you're really about to see when a team loses a really good player how bad they're going to be <laughs> like now you're really about to see it just on the west coast so it's a little bit later time like that's how you're going to see a really bad team missing their leader their captain by the way, Captain America on Fourth of July. What kind of shit is that? Right. Yeah, I did see that. That was fucked up. Uh, also, the- Jay Hayes' tweet was yesterday's the Fourth of July's Los Angeles Angels lineup card, and he said <laughs> two good players in the lineup, and they're the same guy. And I said respect Rendon. To which he said, Rendon has a seven hundred four OPS, ninety five OPS plus, and six hundred twenty three plate appearances across twenty twenty one to twenty twenty three. Not good. There's not a player in Major League Baseball that gets knocked down more and gets back up more. Than <laughs> he hasn't gotten back that, up. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. His, I, his also, social I, media I, I, is frozen like, in time because he wants to keep it as the last time he was good. Uh, hey, we all have our superstitions. Right. We, all have, we all have our vibes, right? Like Nobody's going to go on the aisle more and come back in the same season than he will. I don't know if that's a stat. That's a fact. That's a that fact. Yeah. He's the impressive. king of the comeback. Uh, 
And then maybe we could do like a, you do, you have your little Baniac, Harold Dane thing. We could do a Rendon thing and see who can match him IL for IL. Mm. Oh, that, that's a little convoluted, but maybe there's something there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Rendon, if he can get back on the fucking field, maybe could pass Harold Baines himself. In 2020, I mean, at his rate, it'll be oh, at like 2030. But, what a yeah. day. Uh, <laughs> he's not quite there yet. I'm, not quite there yet. But I'm, um, I'm hoping it's with a halo on his head. Hold on. What? All right. Enough about this Rendon, dude. The Mike, the Mike Trout injury is the one that actually matters. And here's why it bothers me. It bothers me because, like, obviously, it impacts their playoff standings and their possibility of getting the postseason. And I think we've all, all four of us, have been on the same page that like one of the things we really wanted to see out of the 2023 season was both Shohei Otani and Mike Trout participate in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So that's a fucking huge bummer. The other bummer from a like a stats historical perspective, which I obviously get into a lot and I enjoy, is that we've spent most of Mike Trout's career talking about where will this man end up in the inner circle of all time great players slash is this the best player that many of us have seen? The latter question has has been answered by his own teammate, actually, because it's tough to call Mike Trout the best player that we've seen in our lifetimes post bonds when his own teammate is better. But if we're looking at the context of like baseball history, it, it's kind of sad what these last basically four seasons have done to Mike Trout's pace within that. And it's not like he's not going to be an all time great. He already is. But it's cool when you get into the top 20, top 25 conversation, like where are you going to end up? He was pacing ahead of Mickey Mantle through age 27 and has gotten exactly half the wins above replacement that Mantle has gotten from 28 to 31. Like he's I know part of that, like somebody responded saying that, oh, well, 2020 was the COVID year. You're going to hold that against Trout. No, I'm not holding that against his durability. But if you don't play games in a season that's supposed to be one of your prime seasons for whatever those reasons are, then that's going to impact your ability to climb the all time great chart. That one wasn't his fault, but it still happened. It's just like, it kind of sucks, man. Like, it just feels like a really, a big letdown in in kind of like the second, yeah, like the, 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 the final third or the, this chunk of Mike Trout's career just feels like a letdown and that's not fair, but that's how it feels. No, so obviously I'm a big Angels fan and like if he hit whatever 50 his first year, I had him on pace for like a thousand home runs, but (laughs) I, I had him, like, now 500 is kind of like a, a head-scratcher. Like, I don't know. I hope so. But he's at, like, 350, 360. So, like, I guess, but then 3,000 hits is out of the question. But a couple of years ago, you would ask me, I would have been like, yeah, he's getting both. Like, easy. And I'm going to be there. And I'm going to catch the ball and give it back to him for free. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. Right now, he's he's only at, I mean, only. He's only at about 1,600 career hits. Um but he is 31, uh, and he is at 368 career homers. So I think it's not impossible, but it's going to be one of those things where they're dragging his corpse to the finish line. I, like I think are you talking about 3,000? Be a thing. We're talking about 500 and 3,000. He will be 32 years old, uh, one month from Friday. I I think 3,000 is damn. I think 3,000 is damn near out of the question. You think it's out of the question? I do because yeah. because here's here's some context. The, the stretch where he was fully healthy, so mm-hmm. 2012 to 2019, he was playing like it. I mean, almost fully. He has 500 plate appearances in every season during that stretch. He got 
1,297 hits. So we'll just call that 1,300 hits over that eight-season stretch. If you were to tack 1,300 hits and eight full MVP caliber healthy seasons onto Mike Trout right now, he would still be just shy of 3,000 hits, and he would basically be 40 years old. And that assumes complete health during the subsequent eight years. Uh, to me, there's like no chance that he gets to 3,000. 2,500 is a more interesting conversation. Ban the shift. Like 500, you think it's still like, that's probably going to happen. So I think 500 he, is way more likely. I think in terms of hits, I think considered it, like, through, through, his like age, the, through his age 40 season, so not including this year, so he's got to go the next nine seasons. He has to average. He has to average 153 hits a year There's no to chance. get to yeah, 3,000 like- hits. He hasn't had. He hasn't totaled at least 153 hits in a season since 2016. Yeah, there's no chance. You're just trolling now. That's a fact. That's just Satan math right there. He hasn't had at least 153 hits in a season since 2016. That's fucking crazy to think about. And yeah, but we we already said he's not getting three thousand, so we have to shift the focus to five hundred. Yeah, so like, let's just let let's just keep like how many does he need a year to get five hundred? Like twelve? I'll tell you right next, now, like ten years or something. He has three sixty eight, so he has to average about fifteen home runs a year until he's forty. So five hundred's happening. Okay, I like that. But three thousand, no shot. Yeah, unless the baseball gods like somehow, and I knew this injury when it happened. It was just like on a swing. I was gonna text it to you, but it was like late, and I was like, ah, I, I don't. I hope it's nothing. I hope it's just a blowout where they just take him out, whatever. It was just, he just swung the bat, and I don't, like I think he like fouled the ball off, and like his strength of his hand crushed a bone in his hand. If that makes sense, like the torque of the bat coming. Like, of course, it's a freak injury. Like, what did he have in twenty twenty one? A calf that, like, it was a calf pull that sat him out for May through the end of the year. Like, how come this guy that gives all his, like, life, all his heart to the game, he's starting to open up. He's going on, he's doing charity work for, like, Mookie Betts' podcast. He's on the other one that he, like, he's doing podcasts. He's opening up. You're seeing sides of him that people don't really get to see outside of Angels fandom. And, like, two weeks later, the baseball gods are like, oh, here's a abuser who can throw a perfect game. And then here's the greatest player, humblest guy of all time except to show, hey, and he, here's a broken, rare bone that never happens to anybody. My, Mike Trout did say on that Mookie Betts podcast, he was like, I hate doing long-form interviews. He's like, anything more than 30 minutes, no thank you, unless it's someone that I like. So I feel like that kind of rules out Mike Trout's appearance on this podcast. Or to even talk to me. Right. In 2021, it was a strained right calf. Uh, 2022, it was the left rib cage. Um, 2018 was the right wrist and 2017 was the torn ligament in his left thumb. But yeah, like if you, if you would have said in like 2019 or whatever, like, and I'm, and like, this is also like a draft change thing. I don't know if you guys can make a boost. Mm. Mike Trout to win his fourth AL MVP, like two years ago, I would have been like, yes, he's going to be the first player to have four American league MVPs. And now it's like, I, if I put my house on it, it's like now I don't think I have a house. Yeah. Because I would, I would have put everything on that for him to be the first guy to win four. Um, and like it might be Shohei if he stays in the AL. 
Well, I mean, look at look at Mike Trout's numbers even before he got hurt. He's hitting 263 with an 862 OPS and a 135 OPS plus. It's like, yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. But like you if you covered up those numbers and and just showed someone without the name attached, you'd be like, that's not Mike Trout. Like Mike Trout's a thousand OPS guy. Well, and that's the other thing, right? What did you say, Jay? That's no, I was just gonna say that's the other thing. Like we were talking about this this four year stretch or four season stretch where he hasn't been playing a full clip of games. And like to your point, in those previous three seasons, 2020 to 22, on a per game basis, he was essentially as good as he ever was. He had 177 OPS plus and an OPS regular of over a thousand. Like this 862 135 combination that you're talking about is basically an unprecedented level of performance over this stretch from Mike Trout. Like this is I, I don't want to say diminished in like a disrespectful way, but there's a real possibility that not only is this guy going to be unable to stay healthy consistently moving forward, but he might also just be reaching a new plane of production, um, which is still whatever, top 15, top 20 in the game. But to Max's question like or point about MVP caliber performance, that just might be permanently behind us. Yeah. Which like is- there was a stretch there was like a stretch where the MLB would do like top 100 players. And you would like, I don't know what year it was. It might have been like, I don't know, 17 to 21 or whatever. And you would just like, I could just book it that I could put on my Instagram story, number one, Mike Trout, right? Like it would just always happen. Like I don't care how you spin it. Like whoever they try to put up there, it would always end up Trout number one. And it's like, I don't, I think to Jay Hayes' point, I don't think we're going to see that again. Like I just don't think he can take back the, and it was fucked up because it's kind of Shohei, like that's your boy. But like, uh, it, it, will he ever be like the best player in baseball again? Like that, that, that just passed us. Like that was my whole adolescence. It's like gone. Did Shohei break Mike Trout, Max? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, we're not doing that. Did no Shohei, way. did Shohei no. coming to the United States nope. of America and signing with the same team as Mike Trout, did that break Mike Trout's spirit? Right when you say that, like I get a hint of like the Rocky movies of like the U- USA versus. I don't know. I didn't watch it, but they they fought a foreigner or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I no, I, I just can't, can't do that. Like, I don't think. But if I was to say that, I'm not going to say that. But if I was to say that, mm-hmm. I'd say like I don't know. Maybe like the WBC would be like the climax in the movie. I think did 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 if Mike I say it, but did I'm, Mike Trout getting alphaed by Shohei Otani in the championship game of the World Baseball Classic? directly lead to the worst professional career of Mike Trout's life. Professional it, it, career. It's like a bad season that guys would kill to have. Like Ben Intendi would like kill to have a season like that. <laughs> why why is it Ben Intendi catching strays right now? What the like, fuck? Just, well, why the fuck does Mike Trout have to have a freak injury in his hand? Why can't it be fucking uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. So somebody that nobody fucking cares about. <laughs> what is Lourdes Gurriel? <laughs> Max is just... We got like, Max is just like lashing why? out now, why? just like naming yeah. people they like wants why? to get injured. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, name, name a random team. Like, yeah. Name a random. Mike Trout gets like, hurt. Mike Trout gets hurt. Max is like, God damn it! Why couldn't it have been Lord Escorial <laughs> <laughs> or some other Cody dude? Bellinger's nobody in the world fine. cares about. Uh, so Cody Bellinger can have all the perfect bones in the body. <laughs> of Mike Trout. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Why don't you like shout out to Flo Nays, by the way? Why don't you like uh, Cody Bellinger? Uh, he was just like a overrated Dodger. Oh my god, he's been hurt this year what? too. By the way, he's been hurt. He's been... Yeah. 
Uh, oh, you know, it's so funny because I said that yesterday. I was like, oh, so I couldn't. Someone on the Dodgers got hit with a comebacker and like popped right back up. And I was like, if that was an angel, that guy like disintegrates like <laughs> yeah. the fucking Marvel movies. Yeah. So I, I tweeted, I'm like, I guess all the angels, I guess all the injuries were just for the angels today. And then someone's like, uh, Dustin Mays out for the year. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, uh, that was an eye for whoops. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, I, I just hate that. Why does it have to be the most humble former best player? you know, my favorite player from since I graduated high school till now, like why we can't just give them fucking six healthy years. Like I I think the rest of this day calls for you to just kind of turn down the lights, Mm -hmm. grab yourself some tissues, maybe some popcorn and just kind of sit on the couch and, Take in some old no. Mike Trout highlights. Yeah, just yeah. watch Mike Trout. Yeah, I'll just reminisce. Yeah. Pull out the trade doing, calculator. Yeah, <laughs> go to the ESPN <laughs> oh, trade brother. machine. Pull it up and, and again, see all the cool prospects you're going to get. Perry on the spot. We're putting Perry on the spot now. No other GM has had to endure what Perry Manazian has had to endure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if you needed any option to like fucking trade Otani, like you now have a cop out. I That's think. exactly all right. So we've been on we've been on the phone for over fucking twenty minutes at this point, Max, and I haven't asked right. you the reason why I called in the first place. The Angels, okay, the Angels have a, a clear path to trade Shohei Otani now. It's like, hey, Mike Trout's hurt. We're no longer in a playoff spot. Like we got to do it, right? Like they they now are in a position where what are they four games out of a playoff spot right now? Something like that. So, I mean, what do you put the odds at the Angels trading Shohei Otani now that they're at where they're at? Dude, I, I still think it's low because it's like the timetable for like Trout's injury is like just enough to be like, well, it, he comes back like three weeks after the deadline. Like we could still be there and he can he can be our trade deadline acquisition no. towards the end. Like they've lost seven out of ten. Like They've lost seven out of ten. They're four games back. They've got two teams in front of them in the wild card. You trade Shohei to the Braves. <laughs> I mean, Fangraphs has their playoff odds at twenty percent right now, which is 20%. the fourth worst in their own division. That's um, bad, Max. That's, that's Russian roulette. I'm, I'll play Russian roulette. No, that's bad. That's, that's not what that how is. that works. That's not how that works at all. I mean, that kind of is like to Max. I, I don't know if Max is joking or not, but that kind of is the question, though. Like. If we view it as a one in five chance, like, are you are you rolling the dice on that? Or is that a completely irresponsible thing to do as a GM and ownership to roll the dice on a one in five? I, shot? I think 20 percent is I think 20 percent is way it's way too hot. Like they're going to go in there and be like, guys, 20 percent. We're in this. I think, well, again, it may no be other for- GM has had to trade the best player on the planet galaxy universe. Nobody's had to do that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it may be fortuitous in some senses that it happened on July 4th, because it does give them almost a month to lose games. Yeah. Or to win them, I guess, but more likely to lose them and to kind of take the question out of their GM's hands and ownership's hands a little bit. Like if they, to Jared's point, if they continue losing seven out of every 10 over the next three weeks, it's no longer a question. Like, I think this question's going to be answered for itself in the next coming weeks, because either they'll get miraculously hot and hang around and get it up to, you know, one in three or something like that, or they're going to completely fall out of the picture. And then, you know, I don't know how much heat you're even taking as the GM. If you, if you move them when they're 10 games under 500 or something, their next three series are against the Dodgers, the Astros and the Yankees. Oh shit. All right. So yeah, trade them now. You could probably trade them now and get something way nice. 
Also, you know what would be funny, Max? Is, nice. <laughs> you know what would be funny is if uh, the Angels made the playoffs, but both Shohei and Trout were hurt. That would be fucking you know, Bro, I've had, <laughs> or I've traded had away. nightmare hallucinations. Like, I've had nightmare hallucinations before Shohei was Shohei. <laughs> yeah. This team, like, so Mike Trout's going to go on and, and retire. Or we're going to have a plaque for him or whatever. He's going to have all these stuff. The first year that the Angels start the season without Mike Trout, they're just going to be like a perennial playoff team. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just, that's just how cruel the baseball gods are. And again, from what I've seen last week, is like the perfect game and then this injury. Like, I think Trevor Bauer is going to come back and throw a perfect game before we see the Angels win a fucking World Series. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that could that's happen. Disgusting. That could happen. Like, the way these, these gods are playing things out, like, that's going to happen before, way before. So, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I think I, in Angels fashion, I do think they're, like, somehow going to get hot from now to the deadline and then just be like, well, we have to keep them now. Yeah. All right. So Max's takeaway is that Mike Trout is this generation's Don Mattingly. Yeah. I mean, like, look at like what happened to Ronald Acuna Jr. It's like that he went down and the Braves still won the World Series. Imagine if how would you feel if the Angels won the World Series, but both Shohei and Trout were hurt? Does it still do it for you? Obviously. Yeah. Well, I don't think they could win it without one of those. What if? I mean, that would be the most awesome viewing experience of all time. Yeah. Because it would be the single most un like unanticipated title in maybe sports history. <laughs> yeah. I mean that would be like Anthony I can't think of a more fun scenario to watch a team. Right. Yeah. Playoff at uh, World Series MVP, Anthony Rendon. Anthony Rendon. If if Anthony Rendon just fucking bucked up and took the Angels to the promised land when Shohei and Trout went down, Jay Hay would look like the biggest mm. asshole in baseball <laughs> sports media history. I am, I am here is my solemn like here is my solemn promise too. like that'd be so funny if Anthony Rendon wins World Series MVP for the Angels yeah. I will buy Max an Anthony Rendon jersey oh wow okay a World Series jersey okay. yes, yes. I don't have that one yet okay. yeah yeah right. we'll, we'll make sure the the proper patch is on it signed got it and if assuming that. the Rendons listen to this podcast and like what they, they hear we'll work on getting it signed yeah perfect. I, I I just want to meet him, and it's crazy because I've been on I've been I've been on the same field as him. The guy won't even like talk to anybody. Like right. it's insane. But well, uh, thank you, thank you guys for calling. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know why what prompted the call, but yeah, thank you. Uh, we just you know <clears throat> just talking angels and just talking angels as we do. Okay. Hell yeah, I appreciate that. Keep up the good fight, guys. Hey, thank you, Max. Peace out. No, thank you, guys. Bye, Max. Honestly, see ya. <laughs> I love how Max is like the like the baseball is dead Reddit page would be like who is Max? Max is he's just an Angels fan that I am friends with through Twitter. Like he he did have uh he did have a Angels podcast. Um he no longer does. But I think he was talking about maybe doing one. I don't know, but if you if you enjoy Max and his humor and Angels baseball, his Twitter is Max Air Jordan One. Didn't um, you just follow him like three days ago? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I've been following him on Instagram forever, and I thought I was following. So people don't believe me; like they think that I'm lying when I say I don't look at my timeline. Like I just look at my Twitter list. I look at my mentions and I look at my Twitter lists. So like. If I follow you or don't follow you, like it really doesn't matter. Like if I follow you, it's really just like an acknowledgement of like, okay, like we, like uh, we are friends now. But I mean, I don't follow anyone because I want to see their tweets. Like I don't really look at my timeline. 
So I didn't notice, I guess. But I mean, I've been following. So you can't even be like, oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. That was bullshit. I've been following him on Instagram forever. So it's not that I just didn't want to follow him. I just didn't fucking. I just don't. I just don't pay attention. Joey didn't follow me until like very recently. Like last week. Yeah. (laughs) True. So true, dude. (laughs) That's facts. That's facts. Um, We got to talk about Cerebral though for a sec. Because Cerebral is here for anyone who's looking for uh, looking to find flexible mental health care with a licensed credentialed care team uh, that they truly can connect and feel comfortable with. It's 100% online. You take a brief assessment and receive personalized care uh, recommendations based off your needs and preferences. Through the Cerebral app, you can easily book and reschedule your sessions, get your questions answered, and access additional mental health resources such as CBT exercises. Cerebral understands that finding a therapist isn't a linear journey. If your therapist isn't a match, Cerebral will help you find a provider that meets your needs. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides medication management online through a licensed provider if clinically indicated. That means that you can get both an expert therapist and prescriber through one platform, plus Cerebral offers medication shipping if prescribed. Connect with your therapist on your own schedule. Book and reschedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you. You don't have to wait weeks to be seen. 80% of members can see a provider within five days. You can do your sessions on a laptop or a phone so you can attend your sessions where you feel the most comfortable. Cerebral offers affordable plans and is available with or without insurance. Cerebral is in-network with several major insurers. And when you're in-network, your monthly cost is even lower. 50% of Cerebral's clinicians self-identify as people of color. It's important to Cerebral to maintain this diversity so everyone who needs care can get the treatment that they deserve. And our listeners, you guys will receive access to Cerebral's Strong Start Package, which allows you to save up to $160 when you buy two or four months of care in advance, depending on plan selection. Let's do this together. Make a strong start to a better you. Get started at Cerebral. Uh, that is Cerebral.com slash Jared, J-A-R-E-D, Cerebral.com slash Jared for quality mental health care that's accessible and affordable. Join Cerebral today. <clears throat> um, okay. Jay, hey, you have very uh, limited time remaining. Is there a topic that tickles your fancy that you wanted to get to right now? You know, I just wanted to give... Uh, maybe a little specific for a mid podcast topic, but we talked about Justin Steele at the beginning of the season quite mm-hmm. a bit, and then he went on the IL and missed like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I just he's pitching today against the Brewers, and I wanted to call out like just how awesome he has been because you know Marcus Stroman's getting a lot of love, and he might be a trade trade asset or whatever. But like they've really found something with Justin Steele. There have been eighty three pitchers to log at least one hundred and fifty innings pitched since June 5th of last season. Of those 83, he has the best ERA in baseball at 2.25. He's ahead of Verlander at 2.27. He's ahead of Otani at 2.42, and he's ahead of Kershaw at 2.49. Like He's a legitimate ace at the top of the Cubs rotation. Um, And then Taiwan Walker also uh, I wanted to shout out because that looked like a disastrous free agent signing for the Phillies through the first 
oh, two and a half months of the season when through 12 starts, he had a 5.65 ERA and had allowed 10 homers in 57 and a third innings. And then over his last five starts, all he's done is throw up a 0.84 ERA with one homer in 32 innings pitched. And I don't think it's a complete coincidence that, you know, the Phillies general turnaround has coincided with Taiwan Walker becoming, you know, pitching as a frontline guy instead of a guy who has no business being in a rotation. Uh, pretty big development there. So those were, uh, those were two things that I wanted to make sure I called out before my time comes to an end. Um, <clears throat> talking about the Phillies got me thinking. Uh, is there a team with playoff odds right now that are, let's say, below 50%? Okay. Let's call it 50 or lower. Mm-hmm. Is there a team that has playoff odds that are 50 or lower that you think could still get in? I think there are probably four. I think that describes four teams. The Orioles? Um, the Orioles, um, the Reds, the Guardians, and the Padres. I, I still have not written off. Mm. I can't quit the Padres fully. Um, but... I think those are the four teams. I think everything else below that is getting ex- exceptionally dicey. Like I just, we talked about the Angels. I don't have much more confidence in the Mariners than I do the Angels at this point. I think we parted ways with the Mets a couple what about of podcasts the ago. Where are the Giants at for you? Um, so they're at fifty-seven point four percent, like a couple yep. slots ahead of the, couple of slots ahead of the uh, Orioles. I mean, I think they've won enough games now where they're going to be in the conversation for the remainder of the season. I just, I would be very surprised if they kept pace with the D-backs and the Dodgers uh, in the division. I think that I think the NL is mediocre enough overall that uh, it would not surprise me if they captured a wild card, though. Joseph, coin flip for a wild card, something like that. Did yeah. you say the Guardians? I did. I okay, I'm still, Guardians. So you're sub, yeah. yeah, Guardians, the, the, uh, Reds, Reds have the only Phillies, 33. The Phillies have a better have better playoff odds than uh, every team in the NL Central. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean they're giving the Phillies currently a 57 percent chance at the wild card. So they're they, they've like moved on from them winning the division, which is obviously correct yeah. at 0.6 percent. So all of their odds are tied up in the wild card. Um, the Braves are ninety-eight point five percent to uh, 98.6% to win the division. I mean, obviously, the overall playoff odds are the most in- are the most instructive. But I do think it's interesting to look at like who has the highest odds to win the wild card or a wild card specifically. Yeah, because I think I do think that paints a little bit of a different picture. Like right now, they have the Marlins, Yankees, and Phillies and Blue Jays as the four most likely teams to capture a wild card spot. All better than fifty percent to do so. Um, Marlins up to seventy percent. That dude, that's crazy. Seventy percent to Mar- clinch a wild card spot, and and, and just seventy one percent overall to make the playoffs. Like yeah. that is one of the more mind blowing playoff odds relative to expectations entering the season. The Marlins are thirteen games over five hundred. I'm just, I, I don't think there was a team that I was more wrong about than the Marlins this year. Yeah, they're doing it, well, and that includes I- the Padres because like. I don't know. I feel like there were scenarios where the I think we all looked at the NOS and we're like, there are four teams here that could win between 80 and 90 games and maybe no teams that are going to win 95 games. And like, so the fact that they're six games under, I don't think is that huge of a deal. The Marlins being 13 games over is mind blowing. 
The Marlins path to the World Series is don't run into the Braves. That's it. <laughs> That's all they got to do. If they can avoid the Braves, they are in, baby. They're National in. League champs. Someone else has to take care of the Braves if the Marlins are going <laughs> to if the Marlins are going to win the big one. The third one. The third banner. Yeah, there there are some even like a team like the uh the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are 73.8% to make the playoffs. I think like that was that was like the fun storyline at the beginning of the year was Arizona being like, oh, you know, like what's the team that could like surprise you this year? Like what what's going to be like the fun team? And when we talk about the fun team, it's like, yeah, they're going to have some exciting pieces. Maybe they're going to be an interesting storyline in the first half. There's going to be a reason to tune in. There's going to be a reason to care and invest in certain players on the team. It's not their year. Like it's not like a playoff year, but they're going to have Corbin Carroll and you're going to want to pay attention to the Diamondbacks because somewhere down the line, they're going to be for real. Well, guess what? They're probably going to make the fucking playoffs this year. But by the way, speak the, the team right above the D-backs, like after all the angst and after all the talk about how unwatchably bad or boring this team is without Aaron Judge, and that's still true, the Yankees have the fifth highest odds in all of baseball to make the playoffs. And they have them at making it three out of every four times. Like, I just think like, this is goes back to my Louisiana balloons rant. So sometimes I think we mostly Yankees fans, but sometimes even we as a general baseball public get caught up in the Yankees not being a 105 win juggernaut and just like sometimes overlook the fact that like, yes, this is a very diminished product relative to what our standards might be, but they're still the fifth best team in baseball or like the fifth highest odds with the seventh best winning percentage right now. It's just like the team wins usually even when you don't think it should or will. Did you ever see that segment, Jay? Oh, yeah. The Louisiana balloons. Yeah. For anyone who missed it. It's what the gist is. Like these playoff odds shouldn't be as high as they are. It's just because they're the Yankees. If they were the Louisiana Balloons, there's no way their playoff odds are that high. They have the second highest chance of winning the World Series. When are people going to realize the Yankees aren't that good? This is off of like the Yankee aura. If they were like the fucking uh, Louisiana Balloons, there's no (laughs) chance they think that this team has a 14.2% chance of, of winning the fucking World Series. There's no chance. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to welcome your Louisiana Balloons! Such a bad name. <laughs> it's so true, though. Like, if they so were you the think Louisiana the, you think the Balloons... the math is getting tweaked inside. Same roster, same roster, hmm. but they are the Louisiana Balloons. They do not have a 75% chance of making the playoffs this year. They just don't. It's like, oh, it's the Yankees, so 75%. No. Did you see that they might have to amputate Aaron Judge's foot? <laughs> I still like his chances to break Roger Maris's record again with or without that toe. This is, this is from NewJersey.com. Very reputable source. Aaron Judge... Yankees Aaron Judge preparing to play in pain says toe might take years to heal. Years. To which, uh, shout out to Dan Rourke. I love Dan. Um, He tweeted me this quote or this tweet. 
that wasn't the exact wording of the quote. He said, quote, I think any injury takes a year, two years, three years. He then said he still feels some stuff in his pinky that he dislocated in 2021. So all wow. I'm getting from that is that he's his pinky hurts too. And he hit 62 home runs with a hurt pinky. No one even yeah. talks about it. Yep. Yep. Holy and shit. He said that his toe probably won't heal until 2027. That's so funny that Aaron Judge is like seven six, and the only injuries he has are like the smallest fucking body parts you can have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's hurt his pinky and his. Is it his big toe or his pinky toe? It's his big toe and his pinky finger, man. Those are the two lingering injuries. And I know he's had a bunch of other injuries, but those are the two ones that hurt still. Yeah. Those are the ones that are just absolutely killing him right now. Uh, Jay, hey, you got you to gotta go? I do, unfortunately. It's been a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to bright and early tomorrow morning. Woo! Uh, oh, yeah. What time are we doing tomorrow? I thought it was 8 a.m. We're going at fucking 8 a.m.? Oh, yeah. Fuck. I think it's because of you, brother. It is because of me, but it's not because <laughs> of me at the me. same time. No, I know. I know. Oh, God. Sorry, right. you're such a professional, and that's why that's why Joey and I love you. I need a vacation so bad. Um, any final thoughts, Jay? Hey, no, just uh, I I don't know. All I've been thinking about is the Mike Trout stuff and his place within the legacy of the game and what it does to. Because honestly, Otani and Trout in the playoffs was like one of the very few things to start the season that I truly cared about seeing that I knew that I could try and see. And it just sucks, man. So that's that's my final thought. It just sucks. It does suck. All right. See you bright and early tomorrow. All right. Bye, Jay. And then there were two. (laughs) Uh, Maybe when they come back fully healthy, you, you can go see Mike Trout and Shohei Otani out there in Anaheim because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have. Joe, when's the last time that you've been to a baseball game? Last week. Where, where, what game did you go to? Uh, Phillies, Nationals. Oh, you love the Phils, dude. I know. That's what hey, I got my towel right here. Who uh who was pitching for the field? Did Matt Strom pitch in that game? No, they had a random ass guy pitch. I think did Matt Strom pitch. I think he I did know. pitch. Matt Strom did Nats pitch. Win. Nats one two one. Pitchers oh, duel. Uh they had a guy pitch for that Philly start who I never heard of. Castro? Okay. Castillo? <laughs> Either way. Great you start, know that Joe start. is using the fucking game time app. He always uses the game time app because it is the best game. It is the best app for game time tickets. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Jared, J A R E D, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem your promo code Jared for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, Joseph, we got to talk about what Ronald Acuna Jr. is doing because it's a little 
It's a little outrageous. <clears throat> so Ronald Acuna Jr. coming into play today. Just some numbers for you. He has already eclipsed 40 stolen bases. He has 41. Uh, he is leading the National League in runs scored with 78, which is the number of runs that he scored in his rookie season when he won Rookie of the Year. He's already matched that total. Uh, his slugging percentage is 598, which would be a career high. Uh, his OPS is 1046. That also leads the National League. 1014. Did I say 1046? Mm-hmm. 1014. OPS plus 168. That leads the league. Total base is 204. That is all. Oh, no, that's not already a career high. Uh, that does lead the, the National League. So he's at 21 homers and 41 bags. Already has. He is the first player. He's the first player ever with 20 home runs, 40 stolen bases, and 50 RBI before the All-Star break. First player ever to do that. There's a reason why he's MVPs right now. He's on pace for 40 bombs and 78 steals plus 103 RBIs. There's no chance that he gets 78. Like if he's in, if he's in striking distance of 80, he's going for 80. Uh, yeah, you say that, but then we just goes back to the last conversation. It's like how much they're they're gonna have him want him? Are they gonna tell him not to steal? Like when the division's over? Yet last yeah, last week, the division's over last week. So you know you wanted him to stay healthy. I mean, you saw him get banged up on that steal right after we talked about it. You see that? Yeah, which is hilarious because any it's not because anyone who watches the <laughs> that happens to Cunha at least once a week, dude. He uh. He is the clumsiest, like, for a guy who's the one of the best athletes maybe on earth, you know, probably yeah. the best athlete, one of the top three athletes, four or five athletes in MLB mm-hmm. is like clumsy as shit. And anytime, any small bruise is like takes a couple minutes. He regroups, <laughs> which is smart, which is smart. It's yeah. like, it's like when you're boxing MMA and you're doing MMA, you get poked in the eye if you're tired. Maybe he didn't really get poked in the eye. You still take a couple minutes because that's what good, smart fighters do. Mm-hmm. And that's what Ronald Acuna does every time he gets hurt. It's never as bad as it looks, except when he tore his ACL. That's true. Do you think he's ever faked an injury to get himself some time to recoup? No, I think he just, you know, some people like uh, maybe his pain tolerance isn't as, gr- as good as others. So you don't think he has the it factor? I think he has the it factor. I think he's on pace to steal 78 bases and hit 40 home runs, which has never happened ever. So I think he has the it factor. I think maybe he's a little sensitive to pain and that's mm-hmm. w- what makes him so good. That's why he's so fast running away from threats. So you don't think he has toughness and grit? Um, I think he's one of the grittiest and toughest players in baseball history, actually. And do you not agree with that? No, I, I mean, I'm just trying to get a gauge on where you're at. I, <laughs> I think he gets hit by a pitch and it hurts really bad and he jams something and it hurts really bad, but he's not going to be out there unless he's 100%. If it takes 20 minutes on the field, we got to bring out the trainer, then that's what it takes. I mean, he's a star player. 
We need him to be as. Do you remember when he got hit in the shoulder earlier this year? Yeah. And that shit went viral. Everyone, oh no. Oh no, Ronald Acuna Jr. off to one of the hottest starts. Here we go again. This is terrible for baseball. Dude, every Braves fan was watching that like, come on, dude. He's fucking fine. I remember Foolish Baseball had a tweet a few years ago, which was like, and this is when I realized that he had a tweet. It's like, Ronald Acuna will go down. Everyone thinks he's out for the season. Come back two days later, hit a leadoff home run. He's done it four times. (laughs) He's next level. Yeah. Don't worry about Ronnie. I don't think he's going to get 80 steals. I think, I think he's going to hone back the stealing a little bit in the second half. I think it's going to be all, all hands on deck for the 40 homer mark. Right now, he's on pace for exactly 40. Okay. Interesting. Did you see it's Shohei's birthday? I did see that. I, I, I DM'd him. Don't worry about it. You me. did? Yeah. Did he answer? Not yet. I mean, he gets a lot. Yeah. He's probably still sleeping. That's actually a good point. He's sleeping still. So, ah, got it. Got it. I didn't realize. Um, did you see David Ross's post game press conference? No, I didn't see it. You know. I know it's not an easy job, but there's there's just there's some of the, the pitches that got called today just weren't even close. And so um, it's got to be better, you know. They're closing the roof to get rid of the shadows. Late. There's a lot of bullshit that went on today that just was really frustrating. I fucking thought it was horseshit. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're in a bad spot when you're blaming the roof. You know, we got fucked yeah. on the roof. A lot of bullshit yeah. today. Close the roof. Yeah. They wanted he wanted the shadows. Is that what his argument was? Like, dude, we had shadows. Like, what's what we need? <laughs> what he's talking about? Nobody wants the shadows. No one wants shadows. That was what the the Yankees were blaming the shadows in the playoffs last year. They blamed the roof. They blamed the roof. The roof did fuck the Yankees last year. I'm on record saying that. Man. That, that roof caused chaos in, in the postseason last year. The What happened again uh, with well, that? The roof they kept the roof open, which yeah. made a home run become a home run. Yes. I mean, to me, it made a lot of sense at the time. Was it now Bregman? Um, There's something I don't like see. that. I think like Bregman or Altuve hit a ball that they thought wouldn't have been a home run if the roof was open. I don't fucking know, dude. That's ask me to know physics. Wander Franco is making the all-star team. That was the only guy that I complained about. And Red Sox fans get on me because they're like, bro, how do you not use your platform to complain about Alex Verdugo and Masataki Yoshida not getting to the all-star game? Like, because first of all, nothing that I say is going to change anything. Uh, It has no effect whatsoever on the outcome of guys making the all-star team or not me tweeting about it. Um, But I just, I... I tweet about what what strikes me the most. And when I was looking at the all-star game snubs, you look at a guy like Wander Franco, you're fourth in the majors in wins above replacement, and you're not an all-star? Like, I can understand if, like, it's a Atlanta Braves situation. Like, there's too many guys from the same team. Like, we, we need to spread it out more. Like, we're voting for everyone. Or if it's, like, a really loaded position. Uh, like, you know, you've got like third base and it's like, yeah, we've got like six dudes that are all star worthy at third base. 
So that's why he got lost in the shuffle. Water Franco is having the a top five season for anyone in any position in any league. Like the fact that he had to wait for someone to get injured to make the All Star team was outrageous to me. I I, I still don't understand how All Star voting works. So if you get the most votes, are you in? It's all voting. It's fan voting, and then like the players can vote. It's 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 a very layered process. But yeah, it's like the fans vote for the starters. Like I think like uh, that's why you had Aaron Judge get the nod. Like Yankee fans were DMing me, being like, "Bro, like why are you saying it's stupid that Aaron Judge got voted into the All Star game? Like because he hasn't played in like two months. That's why it's stupid." Like, I get it. He's popular. He's one of the faces of baseball. Yes, he's had an all-star. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, you know, like, hit your bonuses, whatever. But when you get a guy named to the all-star team that you know is not going to play, it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? Well, Aaron Judge is still 10th in war. No, he's not. I'm like, I'm at the wrong thing. So I take that back. When's but the last yeah. time he played a game? Was it, uh, was it May? Did he miss all of June? Oh, no, I think he played like three games in June. It's been, I think it's been like a month since he's played. Yeah. But either way, I actually am excited for the All-Star game as much as I do shit on it. I mean, it's the best. It's the best All-Star game out of all the sports. 100%. It's the best All-Star game out of all the sports. If you're going to tune in. And um, honestly, I don't really give a fuck that show. Hey, if he doesn't play in it, I think he, he needs. I think he deserves a rest. Like, that's where I'm I, at. I really don't. I don't think it makes that much of a difference, especially if he's just going to hit like you can watch him hit every single day. I do like watching to get yeah. two at bats. If he hits a sick home run. Great. I mean, if he was in the Derby, that would be next level. But even then I'm like, how much are you going to ask for this guy? He's made 17 starts, 470 at bats. Dude, Jacob deGrom has 17 starts the past two years. Uh, yeah. Rendon has 470 at bats the past two years. Shohei has that this first half of the season. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you. I know that that might sound crazy to some baseball fans. Like, what do you mean you don't want to see Shohei at the All-Star game? I want to see Shohei continue to do what in the first half, what in the second half. That's what I want to see. Like, if like Shohei Otani hitting a home run and striking out the side in the first inning of the All-Star game, that doesn't do anything for me, really. Like That I, would I wanna, do a lot for me, but that's, that's off the table. That doesn't and do anything then, for me. What about in 2021? Maybe. I mean, like there was a lot of hype around Shohei in 21 uh, at the like specifically at the All-Star game, I mean. But I am far more interested in seeing Shohei uh, hit 60 home runs this year than win an All-Star game MVP. And and I want him to because I know like it's it's got to be. First of all, it's got to be exhausting to be a big league starter. And a, a full-time DH. Plus, his training is crazy. Like, this dude is squatting like 650. He's basically training like a professional bodybuilder. And then he's a starting pitcher in big league baseball. And then he's a full-time DH. And then he's the global face of the game. So he probably has media requests out the ass. Hey, come over here. Do this appearance. Do that. Like, this endorsement. Talk to this business advisor. And then go to the All-Star game and have everyone like looking at you and talking to you and expecting things of you. Like, I get the human side of it. I feel like a lot of people are just like, this is the Coliseum. You are the entertainment. 
we don't care if you die. We actually prefer it. It's more entertaining that way. Like, I, I want Shohei Otani, the human being, to be able to recharge so that in the second half, he can continue to do all the things that entertained us so much from a baseball standpoint in the first half. He's like way too valuable of an asset to everyone involved in MLB, like even like going down to people like me and you, like having Shohei doing what he does this year, what that does for the attention of the sport to like try to make it seem like, oh yeah, well, this is all the attention. We need him for three days to go extra viral for three days. It's like rather there. And my my biggest fear is like the way the Angels, they know they're not going to have him next year. And yeah. Obviously, if Shohei says he doesn't want to play, they're not going to make him play. But it seems like he has had two off days this whole year. Yeah. Two. And two. That's nothing while hitting and pitching. And and think about the extra added layer. Everything that I just described. Full-time starting pitcher in the big leagues. Full-time designated hitter in the big leagues. Two off days in the entire first half. All the media and fan attention. And then on top of that, your impending free agency. Like, that's the biggest story in baseball since spring training. Like, the dude, the dude's impending free agency has been the biggest story in baseball when we were a year away from it. That weighs on a person. I don't care if you're the most talented baseball player to ever live. Like, that's, we acknowledge that. That's a fact. But, you you mix in all the preparation, all like the weightlifting that he probably does, all the diet stuff that he probably has to stick to. He's probably got like this sleep regimen. He probably sleeps in one of those like uh, hyperbaric chambers or wherever the fuck they are, <laughs> they are. He probably does so much to prepare him, his body and his mind to be able to perform at the level that he does and then to go out there and execute it that. Trust me, Shohei Otani appearing or not appearing at the All-Star game, it. It's not going to make or break my my viewing experience. Like, would it be cool? Yes. Do I need him to be there? No. I actually, because I have concern for the player and the human being, I don't, I I don't want him to do it. I just go fucking take a three day nap. Go put yourself <laughs> in a in a in a medically induced coma for the next three days so that you can recharge your body and go be a superhuman baseball player in the second half. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's exactly what's going to happen, too. Mm-hmm. He's like a robot. They're just going to shut his batteries down. He's just going to stay inside <laughs> a chamber for three days, and then they're going to wake him up for the second half. Well, the guy, I'm pretty sure the guy sleeps like 10 hours a night. Does he really? Yeah, that's his thing. If you watch uh, the watch the GQ interview, I think that's where I got that from. Where, all his, where he takes all his, all his essential items. It's like four of them are about sleep. Yeah. It's like a... <laughs> He loves sleep. He knows the power of sleep, dude. He's tapped into that. Maybe that's just like the whole secret. But how does Shohei do it? It's like he just found out. You just sleep 10 hours a day and you could do anything. How does, I mean, how do you get 10 hours? How do you get 10 10 hours of sleep and still do everything during the day that he needs to do? Like get all your meals in, get your workout in, get your preparation in. Like, you know, you're going in the training room, you're getting rubbed up and I don't know. It goes back to the fact that Shohei Otani doesn't do anything except baseball. So he has time to sleep, even though he does something that no one's ever done or like doesn't seem possible. Like players take nine, 10 hours a day just to be a hitter. 
and then he does yeah. hitting and pitching. So that's 20 hours a day and yeah. he can still sleep 10 hours. He's yeah. He's when does he have time level. to take a shit? But it's like, that's what I'm saying. I doubt he does. Like he doesn't take shits, you know, <laughs> like Ipe is probably going at, like he's got DoorDash, just Ipe, you know, he's getting, Ipe is making his meals. Ipe takes shits for show. Hey, I wouldn't be surprised. That guy's a ride or die for sure. He is. That's crazy. That, no shits. I, His family's in Japan. He doesn't even worry. Probably don't even text him, dude. No. I doesn't even send him a text. No. That's what know, his, mom, his mom still like, works part time. I don't know. I know it's all that. She, she feels guilty for taking money from him. So she still like works. Yeah. Mm hmm. They don't make him like show. He's very Tom Brady like. It's very like, but I feel like Tom Brady didn't get like that until the later years. Like he didn't get like this intense until like 35 or like 34. Yeah, it gives it gives you hope, man. It's like people like Tom Brady who like reverse an age. Like you see old pictures of Tom Brady and see him now, and he's just like he looks like a dime now. And or look at Messi. I don't. Know, I know you're not really tapped into Messi like that. The guy Who's like that? soccer, yeah. Like Messi looks younger today. It looks like he's a better athlete than he did when he was like twenty five. Huh. Yeah, I mean Shohei. Shohei just turned twenty nine today, and he's still. I mean, twenty nine is not really an age where you would show much aging to begin with. But yeah, he's got to figure it out. He's ahead of the curve. He's ahead of the curve. Do you think he's going to be one of those guys that plays until he's like 45? I can see it just because uh, he can do two things. So, And it's also it's like if he's focused all just on hitting, he could do it for a long time. Mm. Uh, what else is he going to do? He's proven he doesn't give a fuck about anything else. No. Nelson Cruz... Time might be up for Nelson Cruz, unfortunately. Um, Nelson Cruz just got designated for assignment by the San Diego Padres. And he is 40, 43. He just turned 43 on July 1st. He just turned 43. And the Padres said, thanks, but no thanks. In 49 games, 152 plate appearances. He hit 245 with a 283 on base and a 399 slug. That is a 681 OPS, um, which is that is higher than his OPS last year with the Nats. He played in 124 games for the Nats and had a 651 OPS. He's got a 681 OPS this year for San Diego. They designated him for assignment. And I'm not 100% convinced that this is it. I feel like. Now, that's a dude. When I interviewed Nelson Cruz in 2019 spring training when he was with the Minnesota Twins, he was about to embark on a season where he would go on to hit 311 with a 1031 OPS as a 38 year old, 41 bombs, 26 doubles, just absolutely died. He was ninth in the league in MVP that year. And uh, all the people behind the scenes with the Twins were like, yeah, like this is the guy that. Our younger hitters follow around. They they learn from him. They see his his workout routine, and they just they just follow the leader. And that year, 
was the year that the Minnesota Twins set the single season home run record that the Atlanta Braves are trying to break. Clearly. So I don't know. I feel like there's a, there, there might be a team out there that sees the benefit of adding a guy like Nelson Cruz and is just like, you know what? Just absorb as much knowledge as you can from this guy. Yeah, and he um, seems like a person who would take that opportunity. The fact that he came back at 42, 41 to play for the Nationals 42. last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I remember thinking that, like, wouldn't you just hang it up? Like, you know, want to chill, but he seems like no, a guy he, who might just go to the Mexican League for the next five years. Yeah, he can't just shut it down. He just likes hitting, man. Who don't? He does. He does. I don't know what team could use someone like Nelson Cruz. Like you just have an open, like you must have like, let's see what team it's gotta be like a young team that isn't going anywhere. That's gotten virtually no production from DH. So it doesn't matter. Like you're not like blocking someone. Let's see position. DH. Uh, The worst team by OPS. You've got the Mariners awful at DH. Brewers, the A's, the Tigers, the Rangers. That's an interesting one. Come on home. I'm coming home. The Rangers have a 655 OPS at DH this year. 26th in Major League Baseball. The Guards, the Royals, the Mets. I could see the Mets doing it. <laughs> right? Yeah, that would. That is a Mets move. I could see the Mets taking a flyer on Nelson Cruz. I don't know. The Mariners. Didn't he play for the Mariners? Yeah. Yeah, there's some there's some teams in there that I feel like they'd be like, you know what? Let's give it a shot. The Rangers is an interesting one, though, because it is like it is a homecoming. They are a. Uh, they, they've got veterans, but they've also got some young guys and they're not getting any production from DH. Those those are the teams to watch for me. It's Seattle. It's Texas. And it's the Mets. Because I don't think he's done. If he were done, I think he would have said it. Nelson Cruz. Mm. Yeah, I'm already seeing some stuff. Should the, should the Mariners bring back Nelson Cruz? Hmm. Wow. Bring Nelson Cruz back to Milwaukee. I forgot he played for the fucking Brewers. Bring Nelson Cruz back to Milwaukee to end his career. The Brewers have gotten no production from DH. They are the most embarrassing team. The Brewers are the one team that like we talked about the Mets and the Phillies earlier, the Padres, all these teams that have underperformed with the Brewers, I think are like, they've been overshadowed of like how embarrassing they've been because they're a team that is in the easiest division ever. You know, they've traded some players, but they're, they're, basically like telling their fans like we're competing this year we're not trading everyone we're, we're good enough to make the playoffs have the easiest opportunity to make the playoffs in a terrible division and have uh not done anything with it no you're right you're right that's sad i love my brew crew but that division is an abomination 
but not <laughs> if the Brewers add Nelson Cruz. <laughs> not if they add Nelson Cruz, that could be a difference. They've been playing better late. Now that I'm looking at the divisions, the NL Central has pulled away from the AL Central in terms of being the second worst division in the league. The, the AL Central has really proven to be by far the worst division because the Reds are eight games up over 500 and the Brewers are six games up, but the freaking Minnesota Twins, one game over 500 in first place. Congratulations. Chris Sale was injured on June 1st and Aaron Judge was injured on June 3rd. From June 4th to July 4th, only four teams in the American League have had a winning record. Damn. The, the Guardians, the Rays, the Angels, and the Blue Jays. And it's all barely. The Guardians, 15 and 11. The Rays, 16 and 12. The Angels, 15 and 13. And then the Blue Jays at 14 and 13. How is that possible? Competitive balance, man. Every team is, every team is pretty good. Except for the Braves. I feel like there's just a bunch of painful mediocrity going on. That's what competitive... I mean, how do you want to put, put it? Competitive balance or everybody's mid? Everybody's, everybody's got a chance mid. or everybody sucks. But it's the same thing. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting in one, but also in some ways, it's also kind of like embarrassing in other ways. The guards are 16 and 11. The Rays are 16 and 12. The Angels are 15 and 13. The Blue Jays are 14 and 13. That's it. Then after that, for this is just the American League. The Orioles are 13 and 13. The Mariners are 13 and 13. The Yankees are 13 and 13. <laughs> the Rangers are 14 and 15. The Red Sox are 13 and 15. The Twins are 13 and 15. The Astros are 13 and 15. The A's are 12 and 15. The White Sox are 12 and 15. The, and then you've got the Royals, like the only team that sucks, 8 and 20. That's crazy. That for the last calendar month, everyone is, everyone is mid. Everyone is mid. Oh, my God. Not the Atlanta Braves, though, Joe. Nope. And guess who they're playing this weekend? Uh, who the A's? Nope, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Oh, all right. So I'll I I'm gonna make you guess. So I just went through the American League for the last calendar month. Those are all the team, even the teams with winning records, not overwhelmingly in in the win column. Most of them are hovering around 500. Over the same span, June 4th to July 4th. The Atlanta Braves have played 27 games. How many of those games have they won? 27, they are 25. 23. 23. They are 23 and four. Well, that's yeah. Sounds low to me. I mean, I thought we were better than that, but yeah. <laughs> means you got some room to grow. You guys sliding right now? A little bit of slide. We lost to the Guardians last night. I threw my, I threw my remote. I raged. Because that's not acceptable, yeah. bro. Honestly, like the Braves lose and it's like I don't even fucking notice. It's like, all right, whatever. It's kind of boring. It's very boring. They win and it's like, all right. 
That's cool. If we hit seven home runs, Ronald steals three bags in a game. I'm all right. Cool. I'll look up. I'll look at the post game a little bit. Oh no. Oh, no. Um, I wish. The, oh man, I wish the podcast ended before the, this news just broke. Uh, Yankee reliever Jimmy Cordero has been suspended for the rest of the season under the domestic violence policy. Brother, we we here on Baseball is Dead, we've, we hate all domestic violence abusers equally. Uh, man, does it put me in a weird spot where I want to have a strong stance against these individuals. And every time I do it, then you've got Yankee fans being like, you only hate him because he's on the Yankees. It's like, bro, the last like fucking six guys <laughs> to get suspended for domestic violence have all been Yankees. What the fuck? What do you want me to say? <laughs> We don't like like in and I don't know, maybe you can attest to this, maybe you can't, Joe. Uh I don't tweet Marcelo Zuna home runs anymore. I used to love tweeting Marcelo Zuna home runs. I don't because the domestic violence thing. I just don't I don't do it. I, I treat them I try to treat them all equally. I know that it sounds or feels like, oh, you're just going hard on this guy because he plays for the Yankees. Bro, they all play for the Yankees. <laughs> they all do. What the fuck? Jesus it's Christ! Anyway, that never now, sleeps. City that never yeah, sleeps. Yeah. Now it's uh, it's it's fuck Jimmy Cordero forever. Oh no! Now we can't tweet out the Jimmy Cordero highlights. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's gonna make a big. That engagement's gonna go down now, brother. I feel bad yeah. for you. It's tough. Now he's he's off, he's off my highlights roster. But uh, yeah. Yeah. We uh we here at baseball is dead. We we hate all domestic uh violence abusers equally. Doesn't matter what team you play for, <clears throat> you are uh your shadow band, brother. You're shadow band. Um It's gonna suck for you when Arzuna's hitting bo- World Series walk off home run to win the World Series. Jared's like never happened. Never Didn't happened, see can't it. tweet it. <laughs> And didn't see it. <laughs> yep. Yep. You're off the list. Um, speaking of shadows, though, summer's in full swing, Joe. And you need a pair of great shades that you don't have to baby. Knock around sunglasses is the go-to for quality polarized shades that won't break the bank. Plus, they just released the first nine teams in their official MLB collection, including uh, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers, Mariners, Cardinals, Cubs, Giants, Padres, Astros, as well as uh, the official U.S. women's soccer team sunglasses. So you can add a little something extra to your game day outfit in time for this summer's big matches. Don't be the person that's squinting into the sun or worried about getting sand on their overpriced sunglasses. Check out Knock Around dot com for great looking polarized shades starting at just 28 bucks that's a great price also uh i said that i they 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 were very kind and generous to send me a box of sunglasses um joe's got them on right now uh i wear them inside i on the computer you wear them inside because they're that comfortable and they're that stylish you look cool wearing them get the blue light um yep 
so I I do have Yankees pairs of the sunglasses and and shout out to the Yankee fans who do listen to baseball is dead. We appreciate you. I feel like the, the Yankee fans that listen to this show, they get it. They understand me. They know like, hey, p- well, put it this way, Joe. You've got people in baseball media, Jeff Passan, Ken Rosenthal, Buster only like all those guys where they've got Never big platforms, big national platforms in the baseball space. But they don't root for any single team. And that's fine. That's that's journalism, whatever. But me as a consumer, wouldn't you want to consume content from someone that you know actually cares about the game as much as you do and they're as emotionally invested? So I think those Yankee fans that listen to this podcast, they get it. They're like, we may not like the same team, but we all love baseball the same and they can separate the two. And they're like, okay, yeah, like, you know. The what do you what do you expect? The guy the guy loves baseball. Of course, he's going to have a favorite team. I I just think it's odd when people try to hold like, oh, why would you listen to him for Joe for you? Fucking Braves (laughs) fan. Joe loves baseball. You expect him to just not have a favorite team. How how do you how do you grow up a diehard baseball fan without being a fan of a team? I think that that's bizarre. So one of my favorite creators, Frank the Tank, Frank the Tank. I hate the Mets, but I like Frank the Tank. Hey, I was listening to a bunch of Mets podcasts. <laughs> you listen to a lot of podcasts. When the, Braves, when the Braves beat the fucking Mets last, swept them, I was like, yeah, I got to listen to every single Mets podcast now. I, I've done that. I think, I think last year, I think last year when the Yankees got eliminated, I listened to like a lot of, uh, I listened to a lot of uh, Yankee podcasts. I put on Sal Lydica at like 2 (laughs) a.m. See what this guy's take is. The best just blew it. I found out I had to listen to local radio in New York at 3 a.m., whatever time slot he has that no one cares about. And I was like, I got to put on Lydica. This is must listen to. And uh, we share a lot of the same views. That suck. (laughs) That was not nice. That's not nice. Don't, don't talk about the Mets like that. That's not nice. The NL East is over. Damn, dude. <sighs> All right. Uh, that's it from us for today. We'll be back at the fucking ass crack of dawn tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be doing that. And then... Is there any matchup? Jake's takes? Anything, Jake? I just really thought Dallas killed it today. Oh, yeah. Dallas, you did an awesome job. Um, any Any final thoughts from you, Dallas? Yeah, I just wanted to get to the outing for J.P. Sears. Absolutely fucking phenomenal. The dude continues to slice and dice at an incredible rate. Strides being made like he's a fucking giant on a juvenile track. Just striding around. It's been outstanding to watch the growth of that young man um dustin may fucking brutal another tj clip not terribly excited about that uh that that hurts a lot so the dodgers depth once again going to be tested um the 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 shohei stuff the trout stuff the rendon stuff i mean does it get any fucking worse for the halos at this point my goodness um so so those are those are some emotional injuries i know the angels fan base is dealing with um, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how to feel about the Shohei Otani Juan Soto, uh, back and forth. I don't know that there was a quote back and forth. It was really Juan Soto saying that he was going to have trouble with this lineup, and then Shohei gets blistered up, has to leave the game. 
So yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much there is there. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, I, I gotta say, I think this is probably one of my stronger podcasts and I want to thank you guys for just giving me the opportunity to voice my opinion in areas where I, I, I don't think I'd be able to say those things anywhere else. You know what, Dallas? Thank you. Thank you. Um, we'll see no you tomorrow. Problem. We will. We'll okay. see you tomorrow. All right. Well.